You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Welcome to Creatives Making Money. Today, I have with me one of my favorite human beings and closest friends, Julie Solomon. Julie Solomon is an expert in digital marketing, PR, and personal branding, and is the host of the top-rated The Influencer podcast. She has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, and People Magazine, with her viral podcast achieving over 5 million downloads in more than 170 countries. Julie was recently named as one of the top 100 leaders in influencer marketing. As a seven-figure entrepreneur, she has founded several companies with degrees in journalism and digital media. Julie is the creator of The Influencer Academy. Pitch It Perfect and Shine, and is a sought after keynote speaker. With over a decade of experience in helping individuals turn messages into movements, Julie empowers entrepreneurs to expand their brand and grow their influence. Julie, thank you for spending time with us today. Oh my gosh, nice to meet me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> oh my God, you're so famous. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> So I am so excited to be here and, you know, I worship you seriously. Um, (laughs) yes, may or may not be a stalker in a good way. And I just, I'm so excited just to soak up your incredible community and this amazing podcast and be of service in any way that I can. So thank you for having me. Yay. Thank you for being here. Um, I would like to dive in with talking about, like, I know I have a ton of authors in my audience who are writing books, thinking about writing books, wanting to write a book. And, you know, you have a lot of experience in like the, the PR and marketing side of book stuff and like know tons about that industry. And so I kind of just want to start there in terms of what's like one piece of advice that you would give anyone who wants to be, you know, a sought after author right now in 2020. Okay. I think, I mean, there's lots of pieces of advice I can give. If I have to boil it down to one, I think that it would be to, to, to write something to save yourself, not to save someone else. Because I feel like a lot of times people go into writing a book as to like, I have this knowledge and this gift and this magic that I need to give to the world and to all of these other people. And then, and then I have to market it and get on Oprah and get on Ellen and get on all these places to share this brilliance. And that may be true and write it for yourself (laughs) and then just let that unfold as it will. Um, I think that's probably 
the the biggest piece of advice that I could get that I could give based off of the books that I've had the privilege to to be a part of to market the ones the, the authors that tend to really come from that source of really writing because that's what they have to do it's like their lives depend on it they just have to get it out and not so much I have to share this message to save this other person because I'm the savior the books tend to to just organically do a lot better yeah in terms of reach Thank you for that. While we're talking about savior complexes. <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it. <laughs> and segue. And casual segue. Um, let's talk a little, I mean, cause I just want to touch on that. Cause I feel like that's a deep topic we could get into. And I think that there, there are definitely ways that savior complexes can show up in entrepreneurship and business in pricing and money mindset and all of those pieces. And so as an entrepreneur yourself, and as someone who works with influencers and entrepreneurs, is there, is there a specific way that you tend to see that showing up? I mean, I think it shows up in every facet of what happens, especially when you're just starting out. And I think that, you know, your, your thoughts cause your business, your business doesn't cause your thoughts. And I think that, you know, that's kind of the first piece that when I know, when I start to dive into that savior com complex and the boundaries get a little hairy, I have to kind of go back to that place of like, why? Like, why do I feel the need to save this person? Um, you know, how is this serving me? What am I avoiding by focusing on, you know, th the saving of this person? Uh, what is it meant to teach me? Um, you know, what would I lose if I stopped trying to save somebody? You know, so it's it's questions like that that I think through my own journey, I've had to kind of uncover and then through coaching and kind of holding space for other women, I see it come up all the time. Um, not only the savior complex, it kind of goes hand in hand with the people pleasing complex um, and kind of some of the codependency natures that can happen there. Um, I think it's 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 very much a part of growing a business because when you, when you want to grow your business, you have to grow yourself in the process. Mm -hmm. Mike drop on that one. <laughs> um, hitting seven figures is kind of like a, it's a big milestone in terms of entrepreneurship and, you know, you've grown and come a long way since starting your business. What do you think has changed the most in yourself in that, like, across your journey? You know, I think for some reason, I think that that, that, that is like the milestone, I think for any, or at least it was for me. And, and it is for a lot of, you know, solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that I talk to, I think that for some reason that is like, that is it. And I, and I feel like to me, there's like two money milestones, right? It's like, first you have the 100 K and for me, I, I feel like the 100K, it's like the hardest money that you'll ever make as an entrepreneur because it's the first like identity change that you have to typically make when you're going from employee to either working for someone else or working as an entrepreneur. So I feel like the most like mental mindfuck work <laughs> that needs to be done, <laughs> like has to be done there, right? Like it has to be done in that first mind, mind milestone. And then I think the second money milestone that is the hardest to make is then your first million. 
And that's because like, that's when the shift happens from hustle to strategy, community, connections, impact, influence, investing in yourself. Um, you know, the people who consider themselves, you know, visionaries, it's like, you can kind of hustle your way to hundred K, but you can't hustle your way to a million. You'll burn out. There's just no way to get it done. And so for me, it's kind of those two big milestones for entrepreneurs that, that come up and, and both cause like in a major identity crisis and imposter syndrome situation that you just have to be prepared for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from my own experience. Yeah. How does that show up when you talk about like the imposter syndrome complex and that stuff? Can we just like thread that out a little bit for anyone who's like, mm. <laughs> like, what are some thoughts that you see coming up with, with, you know, entrepreneurs you're working with, or that you can even kind of identify or remember? Let's talk about um, the first actually, six figures. Yes. I think a lot of times, and, and I, I experience this a lot um, and have lately with, with some women that I'm mentoring and showing up for is that their goals and their dreams are contingent on if someone else thinks that, that they are good enough or gives them permission to do so. So for example, um, I was talking to a woman last week that was saying, you know, she was really proud of herself because she had been setting all of these boundaries and she felt really good about it. But whenever she would go to her spouse to share like what her dream was or what her goal was, he would just completely like deflate it and shut down because he, he was not able to meet her there on that energy level. And what I was kind of sharing with her was like, you know, sometimes the people that we love for whatever reason, they're, they're, they're not going to be our Messiah for everything. And just because he can't meet you here right now doesn't mean, A, that you need to get a divorce or that your husband's a terrible person or that your relationship's going in the shitter. And it doesn't also mean that um, he's right or wrong or that he can't meet you there eventually. It just means that your goal has to be yours. And sometimes we have to be very mindful about who we share a lot of that stuff with. And that's why I feel like surrounding yourself with like-minded humans that get what you're trying to do, that understand the path that you're on, that can support you in that is the most important thing because going to your husband or your cousin or your brother or your mom who just can't see it, it's kind of like going to the hardware store and wanting to buy milk. And you're like, (laughs) where's the milk? I have my money, like I need the milk, you know? And the guy at the front's like, babe, you know, I've got nuts and bolts if you need that, but I ain't got your milk. And so, it's, it's just being mindful of, of who you're sharing that with. And a lot of times I see that, you know, they catch up sometimes. I think most of the time they catch up. I mean, if someone, you know, really loves you and wants what's best for you, I think that when they really kind of see you, um, you know, suit up and show up and, and kind of put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, and really see you doing the work and working towards it, um, I think that the, that the cloud can kind of d- dissipate a little bit at that point. Mm-hmm not waiting for someone else to give you permission, not waiting for someone else to say that you're worth it or good enough or deserve it to claim your dreams. Mm -hmm. And asking yourself, why, why do I need that person's permission to, to feel good about this or to think that this is the right thing for me? I think another thing that entrepreneurs who have maybe been in the game for a little bit come to realize, and it's what I've come to realize, it's, it's like this full circle moment. Like you start kind of doing your own thing and you, you only know what you know. So you kind of 
mind it and grind it and you use kind of your inner guru-ness and inner wisdom, whether you even consciously know that you're doing it or not. And then you see some success and you start to invest in courses and see what other people are doing. And then it's like, you want to hodgepodge piecemeal from all these other people. And then it's like, you know, you go through the woods, hero's journey back to you. And then you're like, oh, I am my own guru. <laughs> like <laughs> the answers were always within. <laughs> Good to know. But it is, it's, it's it's the journey of like figuring out like that that purpose within you. And and that's why the per your purpose is so important. You know, your your livelihood does have to depend on it. So when you think about that permission piece, it's like, well, if your livelihood depended on this, would you really be asking someone else's permission? Boom. Mic drop again. Right. Would you ask someone's <laughs> permission to like take Tylenol if your head hurt? If you knew it was going to make your <laughs> headache go away? Like, no. <laughs> you know? So I think of it like that. I'm like, you know, like if my livelihood depended on this, like what would the answer be? And that helps. What was the moment that you decided to like that entrepreneurship was for you? Well, when I came out of the womb (laughs) (laughs) and grabbed the microphone from the doctor, um, I knew it was for me when I was sitting in a windowless cubicle, looking around, thinking to myself, this cannot be the rest of my life. And when I knew that I was a woman who wanted to make a lot of money and didn't want to work for anyone else. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't have that piece figured out yet, but I did know the what. I was like, I am a woman who wants to make a lot of money and doesn't want to work for anybody else. So I have to go figure out how to do that. Boom. So clear. That was my first step. Yeah. How did you get clear on your purpose? Since that's a huge piece that like, you know, you're talking about its importance and I totally believe that too. And I know that it's a piece you work with people on in the shine mastermind as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Purpose is huge. And, and I think the reason why I, I hammer down on purpose so much is because through my own journey, I realized a lot of times I thought I knew what my purpose was when it really wasn't the purpose. So I think when I first started, I thought my purpose was like connect connection, right? Like I connect people and connections, what I do and everything's going to be about connection and blah, 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 blah. And I think that that's a passion of mine. Um, and I think that that is some, something that I'm naturally really good at. And, and it, it is a way that I love being of service is connecting geniuses and people and, and just that sort of thing. But my purpose, to, it's got, you know, why do I love connection so much? Like I had to answer that question to kind of go deeper than that. And so through my journey of figuring out, you know, why, why did I want to be a woman who made a lot of money and didn't work for anyone else? Why did that matter to me? You know, why do I love to connect people? What, what does that mean to me if I were to define that? Um, why is it important to me to be financially independent? Um, all of these kinds of things. And to me, it just boiled down to freedom. And that's my purpose is, is I, I want to be able to have freedom in my life in whatever way that that looks. And that can look different for everybody else. I mean, freedom to one person could be, I want to be able to go to the bank, take money out. And if I want to buy a Range Rover, I can that day. 
freedom to somebody else may be my grandmother needs cancer treatments and I want to be able to go to the bank and get the money out that day and take care of it so she doesn't have to worry about it. Freedom to somebody else may be, you know, I want to buy a house and not have a note on it. Like whatever that is, I want to go to TJ Maxx and buy jeans off of the full price rack, rack instead of the half price rack, right? Like whatever freedom is to you, it's all legitimate and it's all relevant and it all matters. But to me, like that, that was the definitive core was that I just, I wanted to have freedom um, and to not have to ask someone else's permission to live my life on my terms. That is beautiful. Boom. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so since uh, you help a lot of bloggers and influencers get brand deals and sort of navigate the, the art of pitching to go get some money to mm-hmm. for sponsorships and other kinds of like collaborations, I'm curious from what you see and what you teach, what do you think are the big mistakes people make in, in activating a brand deal revenue stream? Mm. Um, I think the biggest thing, and I think that this goes, you know, with brand deals, like whether you're creating your own product and service or whether you are being paid to promote someone else's product and service, I think the, the, the biggest thing that it's actually kind of a a twofold, um, a people don't know what they're offering. They don't know what their offer is. And two, they don't know who they're offering it to. (laughs) They don't know who the prospect is. And so it can lend to, you know, a a decrease in clarity, a decrease in sales, a decrease in confidence, um, so on and so forth. And so when it comes to brand deals specifically, you know, the way that I kind of come in at it and and how I teach my, my kind of finesse with the pitching is it's really about coming from that place of service, that authentic place of like, you, you really do like this brand, not just because they may or may not have money to give you, but you really like this brand. You believe in them. You know, their mission statement. You've actually Googled them. You actually follow them on Instagram. You you know what they stand for. You know what they don't stand for. Do your homework. Right. And so really taking the time in that pre-work, get all the facts, see how they feel on you, you know? And then once you've got that and you can kind of feel it out, that's where your like gut check will start to come in and and your wisdom will start to come in of like, where do I want to invest my time pitching? Who do I want to invest my time in when I'm pitching? Cause it's, it takes time, you know, to, to, to pitch someone, wait for a response, follow up, you get an opportunity, maybe it's gifted and you want to turn it into a paid opportunity. So there's some negotiation that has to take place there. And the more confident that you can be on the front end that like, I freaking love this company and I know that I am the solution provider for them. And this is why the, the more confident that you're going to be going into those negotiations and the more, the more money and the more win-win it's going to be for everybody at the end of the day. Yeah. I love that. I, I want to dig into mindset again really quickly because this just came through. Um, in terms of your own your own growth, particularly to seven figures, what do you think are like the three biggest contributing factors to that in terms of mindset shifts? Mm. Investing in myself and in that mindset shift of like, and, and to me, it, it the first big shift that I saw was the first big mastermind that I invested in and having to make that financial commitment 
that mindset shift that came from that financial commitment was huge. That's one. Um, the, the, the belief in myself that, you know, I'm probably a little bit wiser than I think and to kind of trust myself a little bit more, even if I don't know what the hell I'm doing, no one else does either. So that's okay. I'll figure it out as I go along. So that mindset shift of having to be perfect or having to have all the facts or having to figure it all out before I started, you know, allowed me to kind of get to that mindset of starting before I was ready and then just trusting the process and trusting that, that, the, that the net would be there to support me. Um, and then I think, um, you know, learning about the, the power and the pause, I think that's been a big one for me this past year and been a big mindset shift of, again, going back to being, you know, the savior complex and the fixer that I wouldn't leave space for the pause to kind of fix things and just kind of space and the universe and energy just to kind of do what it does best. And so by giving the pause and just giving space where it needed, it, it, it kind of gave other people the dignity to walk their own path and situations and launches and all of that kind of stuff that falls into growing a business. It, it gave everything the dignity to kind of fall as it may. So it's kind of like, I don't create a crisis, but I also don't prevent one either. And then letting, letting that be what it's going to be, because there's so much that can be learned from that. So that was a huge mindset shift for me that I don't have to be perfect and have all the answers and, and jump into everything so quickly. Mm -hmm. When you talk about, I don't create a crisis, but I don't prevent one either. Can you just flesh that out a little bit more? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So um, for me, it's really, and, and I've, I've learned this so um, powerfully through being a facilitator and, and masterminds and, and coaching other women is that I, I am a firm believer in giving people the dignity to have their own experience A to Z, even if that means that they just completely fall complete, like on their ass, because that's, that's where you learn. So it could be as simple as someone asking me, hey, Julie, will you review my entire funnel? Well, the old Julie might be like, sure, let me dive all in and edit it and fix it and da 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 um, And if that's kind of what they signed up for, then that would be a separate conversation. But that's not what the space that I curate you know, does. It's really about, no, you do the funnel, you put it out in the world, you see what happens. And then come back to me with any results or outcomes or challenges that might've come up or wins. And then we can kind of like dance there and, and talk through there and strategize there. And so, you know, it's, and that's just kind of like a small example or even a bigger example of someone, you know, I don't know if I should do this or this instead of me thinking that I have all the answers and giving them a direction. I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Pause. <laughs> and let them kind of navigate their own way because that's what's going to allow for, you know, the Phoenix rising. And that's what's going to allow for the, the, the massive transformational shifts that you have when you learn from what you may think is, you know, a failure or a challenge that you didn't think that you could overcome or this just like horrendous thing. It's like, 
I'm afraid if I launch that it won't be successful. Okay, well, what does that mean if it's not successful? What does that mean about you? What does that mean about the launch? What does that mean about your products? Um, so really giving people the dignity to dive into their life and to their experience and not creating that for them and also not preventing that for them as well. Yeah. I love that. And what I'm hearing is you're saying that just to sort of like tease this out too, is I'm thinking of these areas where, you know, entrepreneurs get stuck and, or creatives get stuck or writers get stuck, you know, and there's this space where they like, don't know which way to move and they're, they're stuck in the decision. So they're not taking action. Right. And you know, what I'm hearing you say is like, just take the damn action, (laughs) take the action, you know? And I, I did. Yeah. The other day I had to really push back there. You know, I had some coaching uh, members that they were really wanting me to edit this pitch for them that they had not sent out yet. And I was like, absolutely not. Because what if I take something out of that pitch that I think may not be relevant, but that is the one exact thing that that person needed to see, read and hear but I've taken it out. I have completely done you a disservice by jumping in and, and, and inadvertently like gear shifting the destiny to where I think that it should go. And like, who the F am I? You know, like just take the action, send the pitch out. It may be amazing, it may not be, but we'll never know if you're just sitting here waiting on me to, you know, fix it or change it or edit it or, you know, whatever that is for you. And so, um, and it also, it puts the responsibility on me when the responsibility really needs to be on the other person, because this is their journey and this is their path. Mm -hmm. Yep. Talk to me about your definition of what it means to be an influencer. Like this is, (laughs) I feel like this word comes with a lot of, you know, (laughs) negative connotations nowadays to some extent. We kind of make fun of it, but also like desire it at the same time. There's, there's this, you know, multiple definitions and understanding of what it really means to be an influencer. And it's a powerful thing to be. And I would love to hear your definition of influencer. I mean, I think that it's, it's gotten so, I would like to define it by examples if I could. Yes. Cause there's different types. I think when someone thinks of an influencer, they could think of, you know, a guy standing in front of a jet with a <laughs> bunch of like bro marketing materials being vomited out on you. Right. Um, you could think about a girl in, you know, a really skimpy bikini or like a really like tight workout outfit with like tummy tea or gummy bear hair things. Um, I think that you may also think about a fashion blogger or a YouTuber or, um, you know, someone in the beauty space. Um, to me, an influencer really is anyone that can persuade someone to step into a more impacted and robust version of themselves. And I think that you do that by leading by example. Um, I wanna be an example of what is possible in entrepreneurship by influencing other people to do the same. And so I also think there's a difference between someone that may be 
more of a manipulator versus an influencer because power is influence and manipulation can be also pretty powerful. And so I feel like, you know, there's a, there's a, there can be a fine line, but there's also a very distinct difference between how someone uses influence. Are they using it for the greater good? Are they using it to give back? Are they using it to really help someone, you know, see something in themselves that they may not have before? Um, Are they making someone's day funnier or better or lighter? I mean, people can be influenced in in those ways. Um, But I think the negative connotation really just kind of comes in from the vapidness that you can see online with people who claim to be influencers. And I always kind of ask certain people, it's like, well, what do you influence? Who do you influence? And what does that look like? Yep. Boom. More mic drops from Julie Solomon. (laughs) Um, I would love to ask you the $5 million question, Julie Solomon, which is $5 million drops into your lap. It's just like, here you go from the universe. It's a gift. There's no strings attached. There's no one to pay back. There's no interest. There's no anything. You can do whatever you want with this money. What do you choose to do? Well, I, of course, because YOLO, uh, private jet, all my friends, you're on it. We're flying to it somewhere amazing and tropical. And it's going to be like a mini music festival meets like Reiki retreat, you know, situation meets uh, energy healers, meets dancing, meets the best like plant-based food that you've ever had in your entire world, meets a beach. I'm thinking like Tulum vibes. Um, And we're there just for, you know, four or five days. And it's like, whatever we want. Like we're being fanned by beautiful men, if that's what we want with my husband there. He'll, he'll, he'll be all for it. He'll, he'll support us and in, in that decision and, um, having just a really beautiful time, maybe a yacht too, like that's docked out on the beach. That's what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like boat party, but also beach party vibes, boat party, beach party vibes, really good music. Um, you know, lots of healing, lots of dancing, lots of love, lots of laughter. So just be a big party. Definitely Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, stashing some away for my, for my family and for my kitties, of course. Um, and then investing in properties. I would invest in a lot of residential and commercial real estate. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Julie Solomon. So I'm sure I would give back to a big charity too. <laughs> to be determined. To, well, I know that I would, but I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, do I just want to give to a charity or would I want to go like even higher and do something major? Like here's a million dollars to try and, you know, get a vaccine for AIDS. Probably that. Like I would want to go like, here's the money to give to the scientists to like make this happen this year. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go big. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Beautiful. I'm into it. Julie Solomon. Can you tell us a little bit more about your shine mastermind? What's rocking and rolling with that? 
Yes. Um, I'm so excited. I feel like this has been a while in the making, but I have been, um, you know, it's timing and, and fear and curation and who I want to call in and all of that good stuff. And I really, um, now's the time, you know, 2020 has been, you know, such a journey for a multitude of reasons for all of us. And I feel like this is really now more than ever, do we need community now more than ever? Do we need to stop being so isolated, not only physically isolated, but isolated in our beliefs and isolated in, you know, our, our thoughts and our goals and our dreams and our services and our geniuses and really what we give to the world. Um, I think that it's so important. I even, I don't even know if we even understand the, the effects that this year of isolation has really done to us yet. Um, so, you know, that's a huge reason why I felt so called to do this for 2021, because I, you know, it's so important to me to curate a community that can come together, that can learn from each other, learn with each other, support one another to really level up their own influence, their impact, and to really be able to receive in a more abundant way and in a way that maybe they've never even realized that it was possible for them. So this is really about, you know, um, thinking bigger, not playing small anymore, um, thinking critically. I need critical thinkers in here. Um, this is not, you know, we can work with you. It's very normal and natural to have a lot of fear about things. And I love to work with people through that. And I have some incredible mentors and peers and coaches that are also coming into the mastermind to support these women and doing a multitude of things. Yes, strategy is important, but it's really a lot about those mindset shifts that need to happen. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like fearful people, they hear something, they can't think critically, and they freak out. And, you know, I don't, I don't, we don't want to be those people anymore. You know, we want to be the people that can reason things out. We want to be the people that can think critically, that can stay curious. And that is, you know, the space that I really want to safely um, facilitate and support. So it's all about impact, influence, receiving. Yes, you're going to get all the strategy, all the good stuff. I love strategy. I love facts. If you know anything about me, you know that. Um, but it's really, <laughs> Jamie's laughing because she knows that that's true. It's very um, true. <laughs> but it's, so there's definitely that always, but it's really about, you know, more so than that, one of the other, the biggest thing that I have learned about business in general, and I was lucky enough to learn it very early on when I majored in communications and became a publicist, is that who you surround yourself with is everything. Your network, your relationships, your people, the people that you can call on to be there for you, that is everything when you are trying to start, grow, or scale a business. And so I'm really excited to to have that and to bring that invitation and that opportunity there for these women. Julie, thank you so much for you. And thank you for spending time with us and sharing your brilliance, your wisdom, your journey, your evolution, your lessons. Uh, you're just such a gift and I'm so grateful you're in my life. And thank you so much for doing this episode with us. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I stalk you at Jules Solomon on Instagram. Obviously everyone should be listening to the influencer podcast if they aren't yet. Where can we learn more about the Shine Mastermind? 
Yes, which Jamie will be a part of our Shine Elevate. She will be in there supporting <laughs> women next year. So just throwing that out there. Um, but it, we actually have two levels based off of where you are at in your business. We have a level for those who are making less than 100K a year. And then for those who are making more than 100K ready to go to seven figures and beyond. And you can find out more at juliesolomon.net slash shine. Awesome. Julie, thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, if you're a writer entrepreneur ready to grow your business to multiple six figures while also getting your personal writing done and making an impact, I created Craft and Cashflow for you. This Creative Leadership Collective is a 12-month program that will help you implement the exact steps I took to grow from six to multiple six figures, churn out writing work that got me attention and enthusiastic collaborators, and make a difference. We get started September 7th, and I'm so excited. If you're curious to learn more about this virtual group program where you'll get tons of personal attention, coaching, and strategy on your writing and your business, and even some energy work and healing too, let's talk. I've opened up a few times in my calendar for quick chats just for this. You can head to creativesmakingmoney.com slash chat to grab a time. Speak soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creatives Making Money, and please don't go anywhere without subscribing. My hope is that the show becomes the therapy you didn't have to pay for and gives you all the know-how, confidence, and ahas you need to succeed on your journey. Sharing how you connected with this episode really makes my day, so please tag me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Jensen and let me know how this episode helped you. Sharing that with a rating and review also helps me reach more awesome humans like you, and I so appreciate it. If you're looking to connect with more listeners and like-minded creatives like you as well, and also with me, please join us in the private Creatives Making Money Facebook group at creativesmakingmoney.com slash group. It's totally free to join. And as always, you can find all important links and details in this episode's show notes available at creativesmakingmoney.com. Do not hesitate to head over there right now and grab all the goodies. And as always, create like you mean it.